the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. The Gospel of the Lord. Imagine walking into an interview for a job you never applied for. There's no job description or even a title to go off of. The interviewer asks no questions, but just gives you the job. Well, it sounds great, but you're suspicious. What is this job? Why aren't they telling me anything about it? What are they hiding, you might think? But you go along with it. Maybe there's on-the-job training. I'll learn as I go. But still, you have no idea what to expect. It sounds a little absurd, but it's a lot like how I landed my job at the ELCA churchwide offices before I wound up here. Let me explain. It wasn't a job that I ever expected or even applied for, technically. I found out about it through a mutual acquaintance, and it just kind of fell into my lap. My interview consisted of a five-minute phone call with the woman who had become my boss, and I really don't remember her asking any questions except for one at the very end. After talking for a couple of minutes about what the job was and what she needed to be done, she asked me, so do you think you can do it? Sure. And so I started the next week with virtually no idea what I was doing. Over the next several months, I quite literally learned as I went. And it went on to become one of my favorite jobs, which, by the way, was coordinator for global service events. Later, coordinator for global service after some restructuring. But it all started from this simple, absurd invitation 
So do you think you can do it? Now, at least I got a brief description of the job in advance on that phone call. The would-be disciples in our gospel text got nothing to go on. In one moment, they're just doing what they do best, day in and day out, peacefully fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And then in strolls Jesus, the job recruiter. Did they know who this random guy was? Maybe. Probably not. Would you pay any attention to a random person shouting out, repent, and then saying, follow me, with nothing else to go on? Doubtful. But that's exactly what they do. Immediately, the text tells us. As one preacher observes, she says, it seems strange, even absurd, that these fishermen immediately left their nets to follow Jesus. Where were they going? They didn't know. What would they be doing? Well, they didn't know that either. Who was the one who called them? Well, that wasn't completely clear. But whatever it was, those fishermen knew that they had to get up from where they were in order to find out. Now, the disciples aren't the only ones who are hired, as it were, that day. Jesus, the job recruiter himself, has also gone through something of an interview process. Hang, hang with me for this one. So prior to this point in, Ma- uh, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus has just been baptized by John in the Jordan. We heard that story a couple of weeks ago. And then he's tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And then we get this text today. On top of all of that, Jesus has just heard that John has been arrested, his predecessor who was preparing the way for him. And we meet Jesus withdrawing. Or perhaps more accurately to the Greek, something more like fleeing or running away. Earlier, the Holy Family flees to Egypt to escape Herod and his plot to kill all of the children. Later, Jesus will again flee to the wilderness when he hears that John has been beheaded. And in all of these contexts, the key players are fleeing. It's the same word in Greek. They're fleeing because of violence or the threat of violence. So Jesus had every reason to give up, to abandon ship, to avoid doing the life-giving, saving work that he had been called to do. It was, as one writer puts it, the temptation after the temptation. A bit, perhaps, like a test during a job interview or a curveball question that makes you want to shut down then and there. But Jesus, like the disciples that he will soon call, steps right into the heart of the risky business of challenging the violence of the empire preaching good news of the kingdom of heaven and a new way of life to those who need to hear it. Because this work is critical. People are hurting, lives are at stake, real people, real lives, real problems and challenges. It's a daunting job description. Jesus gets that. And so he invites others into that work to do it together, proclaiming good news, curing every disease and sickness. 
And before long, in case you haven't grown weary of the job interview illustration yet, we get, catch a glimpse of the compensation package, a reputation that spreads and soon attracts a community of people throughout the empire, those last couple of verses, people of all nations and races and religions and abilities. This is good news worth spreading, good news for all people. And so what starts at the beginning of this passage with Jesus fleeing for his life ends with Jesus and his disciples stronger and bolder in their work and their witness together. It's quite a drastic change. So there's a job offer for us on the table. The duties are laid out in our baptism. We heard those words last week in our affirmation of baptism to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God and Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. This is what it means to follow. Jesus calls us as we are, where we are. No special qualifications or education or experience levels needed. Only that we are washed in this font, fed at this table. Because none of us is particularly qualified for this job at hand that Jesus calls us to. And I can assure you, a seminary degree makes it no better. Left to ourselves, it's easy to mess things up pretty badly. Left on their own, the Corinthian church in our first reading had managed to splinter their community into so many divisions and factions based on who baptized them. But Paul is quick to remind them, this isn't about you. It's about Christ, the one who called you. It's not about who baptized who, as though this is some kind of competition for who can baptize the most people. This is about proclaiming the gospel, which itself is an interesting word in Greek. It's only one word, and we translate it as three. It means something more like to gospel as a verb. It's kind of hard to wrap our mind around that in English because we're not used to hearing that word as a verb. But it's an action to gospel. So ultimately, it's not about what we say or saying the right things, but how we live. Maybe you've heard this before, but St. Francis has famously said, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. The call of Jesus and the reminder of Paul is the church's invitation, follow me and gospel. This is an invitation to get swept up in a movement that's so much bigger than any of us individually, as together we embody good news that has the capacity to transform the world in our service to others, in seeking God's justice for the whole creation, whether in our jobs, as some of us dressed up for this morning, or just in our day-to-day -day existence, where we are, as we are. Jesus doesn't call us to be something that we're not. He calls us to be who we are and to offer 
what we already have. Each of us is called. Each of us is capable of being God's agents of transformation in the world. And Jesus calls us by name. And there's power to that. It's proven that uh, personal asks are much more effective than mass marketing campaigns, right? Uh, I get so many postcards in the mail all the time inviting current residents uh, to go to the church up the street or go to the restaurant that just opened up, right? Current resident, apparently. That's my new name. All of which, of course, immediately go straight into the recycling bin. Uh, unless they have a coupon. Those are good. Uh, coup- personal asks and coupons. But the point being, for instance, when my pastor at my previous congregation invited me personally into a leadership role, I was inclined to accept. Because those personal invitations, I think, are effective because they tell us what the person calling us, or that the person calling us, sees something in us and has faith in us, whether we're qualified or whether we think we're qualified or not, and believes that we have something to offer. And so in the words that we'll sing in our hymn of the day in just a few moments, let yourself hear Jesus' invitation spoken to you. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? This is a job like no other given to us by the one who calls our name, who claims us as beloved and bids us to follow. And the interesting thing about following implies that it needs more than one person to make following possible. Following means that we are never alone. Amen.